Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is a COVID special, episode 9, with uh, just myself actually today. So those that are wondering where's Peter, I actually will drop it in Friday's episode of what's going on, but he is missing in action currently, meaning he's just, he has things going on, so he's taking a mini break. I'll mention it Friday. But anyways, COVID news is going on. As you guys can tell, it seems like we're getting a second wave worldwide. I mean, we have uh, 9.3 million cases, 478,000 deaths. And from those 9.3 million, we actually have 5 million recovered cases. So when it comes to the, the fatality rate of this virus, it's actually not as severe as we once thought. Just in the U.S., we have 2.4 million cases with 123,000 deaths. And the top three states right now are New York, New York, California, and New Jersey. Currently, when it comes to infected patients, only 2% of the cases are actually severe and in critical shape. So not every COVID patient is, you know, on a respirator and intubated and things. Out of those 5 million closed cases worldwide, we have um, 91% recovery, which is... I'm sorry. Yeah, 91% recovery of 5 million cases. And of those close uh, close cases, only 9% are actually deaths. So we're doing we're doing pretty good as a uh, worldwide. The reason why I probably did 9% is at beginning with what happened with Italy and New York and other places, you know, the hospitals were so backed up that we couldn't deliver the same amount of care equally to all the patients. China actually surprisingly, I was looking at stats. They're at, they're ranked twenty one in the world, and they still have about eighty thousand cases. So, either China's doing a really good job, or they're not testing, or they're just you know bullshitting their numbers, as we we know that could potentially happen because it's you know it's a communist state or country, I should say. So I wonder what's going on there. It's interesting with the second wave with what's happening. You know, twenty five states are reporting. A lot more cases than last week right now, including 10 states that seen a huge influx with over 50% more cases since last week. Of those states, we have Texas, Florida, and Arizona. So those three states, they they were they reopened really quickly, and I believe, you know, um, the um, geez, I'm blanking out here for a second. The the civilians of that state, I don't think they were social distancing and following, you know, as accurately with what's happening and face coverings. I know I was in Arizona last week and I was in Scottsdale um, out grabbing drinks and there was no social distancing whatsoever. Everyone was out partying, talking, drinking because I went out that night and it seems like Every, it's for it's forgotten, you know. As soon as the whole protesting thing happened, COVID kind of like disappeared from the radar, and now we're experiencing the second wave, which we couldn't prevent because, of course, when you know things start reopening, you're going to see an influx of cases anyway. But the thing is, is compared to you know Germany, Italy, and Canada, their cases are actually trending down, and U.S. is still trending up. So I'm not too sure why you know why we're doing such a bad job with it. One thing might be like the social differences, you know, like our culture. I feel like in the, in the U.S. we're very individualistic and everybody kind of says, I am tired of this. I am not wearing a mask. I am not listening to the government. And then we have people that are doing exactly that. And this is what we're seeing. 
even when I was in Arizona and I went to Walmart there, when I was in Cali, you have to wear a mask to get in. There's a security guard usually by the storefront or somebody that works there. Here in Arizona, we, I walked right into Walmart. No one cared if I had a mask on or not. I had a mask personally. Other people around me just walked right in and no one gave a shit. So it's interesting how different states are, you know, kind of combating this COVID and we're seeing it in the rise because Arizona has um, a 90% increase in cases and 20% of their tests last week are coming back positive according to the analysis. Of course, you know, numbers could be skewed and of course, testing could be false positive, but based on the numbers that are being presented data, this is what we're seeing. So interesting times, huh? Uh, CDC recently said that the transmission from surfaces is less of a threat. At first, like we were freaked out that COVID is on surfaces for up to 21 days, especially metal. And we're all freaking out that we have to sanitize everything. And now CDC says that, hey, it's really not that threatening. And the primary spread is person to person. So respiratory droplets are our biggest fear. And I think this is the reason why masks are being enforced in so many states. I know Illinois, Connecticut, Florida, I think Tampa's government and Cali nationwide, they announced that face masks are mandatory even in public, you know. So I don't know how that's going to work. Me personally, I'm not a huge proponent of the mask thing and and running. I'm not going to go for a run in the woods and wear a mask. Like if there's nobody around me, I'm fine. Plus, I'll touch about the study that I uh, mentioned about sunlight, which I found, and it's interesting what the results show. And a couple episodes ago, me and Peter, we talked about vitamin D and its role. So now there's evidence that supports, and they quoted a casual role in vitamin D status and COVID-19 outcomes, you know. Um, you know, vitamin D is not the be-all, end-all, but unfortunately, when I pulled up you know, the stats, 42% of U.S. population is vitamin D deficient. Um, some of the populations actually have higher, you know, when it comes to uh, menopause, uh, poor nutrition, when it comes to nutritional habits, age, ages um, 65 and older, um, Caucasians who receive minimal sun exposure, and people that take long-term prescriptions are at higher risk. So 42% of the you know, population are deficient of vitamin D. This is from 2018. And let's note that screenings for vitamin D deficiency is not a standard protocol in the US. So imagine how much more undiagnosed cases we have of vitamin D deficiency. And as you know, in America, we do a very good job of tackling the problem when it's there, instead of doing prevention medicine, when it comes to everything from diabetes to hypertension. So Maybe we should start screening people in vitamin for vitamin D deficiency because, I mean, you know, we technically are solar beings and we need the sun and we need the sun to produce vitamin D. So therefore, we should maybe take that into consideration and make it a protocol. So what happened is this study took um, 239 locations ranging from January to April of 2020, and there was evidence in the past that vitamin D supplementation has prevented um, respiratory viruses in the past. And in the study, I found that vitamin D has a molecular mechanism that prevents viral infections from getting worse. And it actually protects the lungs 
against um, ARDS, which is ARDS, and that is um, the acute respiratory distress syndrome that we're seeing in cases that are very severe where we have to prone patients, intubate them, sometimes actually put them on ECMO to actually save their life. So vitamin D is such a vital role in this prevention. Why are we not testing it? Why isn't it being brought up on the news? And why aren't more doctors, you know, looking at it? I don't know. I just speak facts and I provide information here. But I sometimes it's a joke the way we're handling things, you know, like we're too worried about what President Trump is tweeting. And yet there's this freaking huge pandemic and there's ways to prevent it properly. And we're not doing it. So, I mean, our, our institutions are goofy, as you can tell. So even what's happening with Yemen, I mean, there's a huge human, humanitarian crisis there. No one is talking about it. No one. But it's there. So if you're curious about Yemen, you should read about it. There's a whole civil war thing going on there. Anyways, um, why is vitamin D so important? So what it does is the virus works on the RAS system, the renin-angiotensin system. And having efficient, a sufficient vitamin D actually um, modifies host, which is us, to the, way to the way that we respond to the virus. So having a efficient vitamin D actually prevents that cytokine storm from happening and other pathological changes to help our body fight off this infection. As you know, having a cytokine storm, for those that don't know, it's basically our body's own inflammatory system attacking itself. So the virus is not technically killing people. It's our own responses that are made to prevent an infection. So a cytokine storm basically creates massive amounts of inflammation. One, it's good because we're killing the infection. But two, it actually causes us to go into sepsis. You know, we get pneumonia and we get the ARDS, which we're trying to prevent. So if you are African-American, consider you have, um, you know, darker skin, it might be harder for you to actually get vitamin D. So uh, there is recommendations to get supplementations, check out the government website and find out what the recommended value is. And I believe everyone should have a vitamin D supplementation, especially during this outbreak. So and at the end of the day, I always have to say consult with your primary physician because I am just a nurse, right? So I speak facts. You DIYR, which is do your own research. And if you choose to do so, you should supplement vitamin D. And the last study that I found, and I, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you hear on the internet with the drugs and what's happening, but I, I like to figure I got, I, I like to look at different things and see what's happening and what's working and what's not. Because, you know, they're testing all these pharmaceutical meds that are preventing the cytokine storm. Now, hydrochlorothiazide, you know, um, chloroquine is not being as evident as we once thought. So I try to see studies that are, that are like changing the way we are thinking. And one study here is sunlight. So what they did is um, they used sunlight and they stimulated it with um, humidity and they did all these tests and they... Um, basically took COVID and aerolized it and suspensed it in air and they seen what would happen with um, with sunlight therapy. And the results are gonna be pretty shocking. So they suspense the COVID in this matrix that they created and with the half-life 
half-life, meaning half the virus literally, um, let's see here, within six minutes, 90% of the virus became inactive. And in less than 20 minutes for all the simulated sunlight levels that were tested. So sunlight, which is still not evidence-based why it works, somehow it inactivates the virus. And within six minutes, 90% of the virus is inactivated. And that's probably better than any kind of pharmaceutical pill that we have. And ironically, it's interesting how our government tells us to stay home and, you know, quarantine yourselves, even if you're healthy. Yet, we're starting to see evidence that sunlight actually could kill the virus itself. So it's like a, what's the government trying to do here? You know, I understand lockdown is the way China did things. That doesn't mean that we have to lock down everybody because clearly we are suffering the repercussions of this lockdown that was, you know, orchestrated by our government, you know. So how many lives did we actually save, you know? And should we be staying home during lockdown if you're healthy? I mean, according to the evidence here, you're better off not catching COVID if you're actually in the sun based on this. So if you're exercising outside, you know, according to this study, you don't have a, you have a lower chance of getting COVID than, you know, doing a workout inside and having other hosts, humans interacting with you. So yeah, very, 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 very interesting. Me personally, I like to work out in outdoors all the time. I'm in Illinois now, so I'm going to have less of the sun, but I strongly recommend everybody to get an hour a day. Actually, after I record this, I'm going to go for a run and try to get some sunlight. So I recommend everybody to do that. We are solar beings. So let's not forget that. I wish I had more experiences of what's going on in the hospital setting. Unfortunately, I finished travel nursing a couple weeks ago and I'm taking a two month break. So I don't have any insider information of what's actually happening and what's changing. What are they testing? I know there was some promising pharmaceutical drugs that they were testing that didn't even have a name for it. They just had like a um, identification number. So I wonder how they're doing. But for the majority, like if you're healthy and you're in a decent age, there's not much to worry about. It, it was fear more than anything. I mean, you know, like I say before, I, I saw some very, very sick patients. And, you know, this shit is real. It actually kills people. People are on life support, people die. But there's also the patients that go home and it's just a flu. And there's people that are testing positive for antibodies that didn't even know they had it. So this could have been around for long, long longer than we thought. And they're also testing zinc and other um, vitamins to see if there's, you know, deficiencies. When I talked to an ICU intensivist regarding vitamin D, he said it's just a bunch of bullshit, his exact words. So we'll just have to see on, you know, more studies and, you know, what's happening and the second wave is happening. So just stay safe and we will see you guys next week with another COVID update, guys. Take care.